Welcome to The Great Updraft, you're here with Ross. In this video we're going to talk about the dark side of spiritual communities and I'm going to start off here with a little anecdote just to get things going. So I've been a student of a well-known meditation teacher for several years now. I've done quite a lot of training with them, done events, I've read their books and so on. And one day I was exploring the Facebook group just to see what was going on there. They have a Facebook group with quite a, a lot of members. And I saw that someone had posted about deepening their meditation practice, how to deepen their meditation practice. And so I said something like, have you ever thought about doing some serious practice, you know, going on a retreat, sitting for hours on end, doing some other course that you've never done before, you know, just pushing the pushing the envelope a little bit. I actually turned out that this member, the person who'd posted, was a senior member of the group. And what they did was they replied to my suggestion with a kind of nasty comment saying, yeah, man, I'll think about it. Because I said, have you ever thought about it? So they said, yeah, man, I'll think about it. Something like that. And then they responded again with their meditation CV. They attached their meditation CV, which was just a long list of all the events and teachers and books and all the resources they'd used in their practice. And they also told us all how many hours of meditation they'd done. And, you know, on the surface, that might not seem too... That may seem quite innocent on the surface. It was really the, the tone that was used and the... The way they spoke to me, I was like, yeah, man, I'll think about it in a very <laughs> rude way. And I was quite angry and annoyed by their comment. All I tried to do was suggest something. I didn't realize that they probably already knew everything that I was saying to them. And so they decided to ridicule and ostracize me in a small way. Fair enough, it's nothing too serious, but it was enough to aggravate me. And I actually reported this to the group admin because I felt like they really didn't show me any respect and the group admin never got back to me on it. Maybe they were the same person, I don't know. And I've actually had a couple of other experiences with that same person and it's kind of created a little bit of trauma inside me, to be honest. And sadly, after doing some research on this and after speaking to many people who've been on, been in spiritual circles, it seems like these kind of unpleasant experiences are too common and perhaps more common than in other areas. And spiritual communities, they often sort of, on the outside, in their website, in how the members talk about it, they sort of come across as being these incubators for human potential, you know, the the place where you come to do self-transformation work, a place to connect with like-minded people, to inspire yourself, to inspire other people. And they often paint themselves to be the, the pinnacle of human morality. And really, I want to see, I want in this video, I want to expose the sort of dark side and to show you that this is a facade. I'm not saying that this they aren't incubators for these things, but... Um, there is a very unsavory side to the spiritual community and these are problems that pop up repeatedly. It's not just in one community or another community. I've seen a lot of commonalities 
and I've got some case studies that back that up as well. And really my, my intention here is to help protect new people going into these communities to, to just have them look out for the signs, look out for what kind of community it is before they have their precon beyond their preconceived ideas of it and beyond what they're told as they join for the first time or they have their first experience in the community. And it's also to help us clean them up because it's likely that some people here are part of them or even leaders in spiritual communities. And it's just to see that these things often slip under the radar. It's maybe not something we do on purpose. And if we bring them to light, we can start eliminating them. And it's also to help them meet their own standards of morality and justice that they seem to hold so dearly and not just preach it and really fall way short of their own standards. I'll also say that this is kind of a difficult topic for me to talk about in an objective sense because I've got quite a bit of trauma around this in my you know, short spiritual career. I've had quite a lot of these experiences, sadly. So yeah, keep that in mind as I say what I say, but I'm going to try and put my trauma aside and just get to the root of the matter. And I'm going to be aware of when I'm, when I'm speaking from my trauma and it's sort of distorting the message. But I've also got accounts from other people to help me out too. And I'm going for more subtle forms of abuse here. I'm not talking about pretty extreme stuff that is really nasty, like sexual abuse and things like, you know, financial scams and so on. I mean, those things certainly exist in spiritual communities, but I think that the subtle stuff, you know, the condemnation, the ostracization is more subtle and it's, but it's actually more prevalent and it often causes hidden damage to people. And I'm not talking about charlatans, you know, con men, you know, people who claim to be, goodness knows, some sort of sage and they're really just a, a, a scammer. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about established institutions and centers and teachers who are well known and they are you know qualified in the sense that they've done years of practice they've been in a monastery they're actually spirit you know they're spiritual leaders they are qualified but yeah doesn't mean that they're free of these issues we've got a lot to cover so let's just get right into it now okay dysfunction number one this is quite a sensitive one but it's really so prevalent and this is using spirituality to justify being a dickhead. <laughs> what do I mean by this? Well, basically, spiritual leaders, sometimes rightly so, have this inflated sense of being better, being more evolved, being higher than other, than other people. And this is true in a sense because a lot of them, they have access to things that most people don't have access to. But... What this often leads to is not a, a form of humility and, you know, being superior with humility. It's more like being superior and making a whole identity out of it and then talking down to other people as if they're not human beings because they haven't done so many hours of meditation. They haven't read, a, you know, X amount of books on the subject and they've not had certain experiences and never been in a monastery. I've actually been utterly disrespected on several occasions in this way. You know, people basically 
talking down to me as if I was inferior and lower than them in a not in a knowledge sense in an actual like a it's almost like a a moral sense that like you haven't done this work you don't you know you're who are you you know you you're basically not human and I've never experienced those levels of disrespect in other areas like in education or in you know any other groups that I would go to I've never had this um these people have this sort of false air of morality and righteousness and they feel like then they they feel like they're qualified or they have sort of the right to to basically be a dickhead to people and by normal standards they'd be considered sort of obnoxious and unbearable but because they have this front of morality we feel like we can't criticize them and feel we feel like they actually have you know i've felt this i feel like they actually have the right to speak like that to me at the time when I've had these experiences, I was a bit, a little bit younger and a bit more fragile, I think. I was sort of going through a fragile time in my life. And so I took it sort of very personally and I couldn't see them. I couldn't see who they were, really. I thought I'd done something wrong and I thought I'd sort of deserved what they'd said to me. And now I realised that it really wasn't me at all, it was them. And they were basically being horrible people. And now I'd have no qualms in telling them that they'd overstepped the mark. At the time, I definitely did. I just want to say that this kind of contempt and disrespect for people is unjustified. You'd never find it in other situations. You know, a university professor would never, when he's doing a lecture, he would never openly, well, I'm sure there's cases, but (laughs) if a university professor did this when he was lecturing, what would happen? I mean, they'd, they'd probably have some sort of meeting with their superiors and they would be reprimanded appropriately. The thing is about this is, on the surface, it seems like this person is just using their spiritual superiority and creating an identity out of that. And in a way, we think it's justified when we're the victims of it. But I want to say that really the source is actually something much more primitive and it's things like insecurity, trauma, envy, domination drives and just a a broken soul underneath this tough, powerful, authoritarian exterior and so really the source of the problems is it's unacknowledged psychological trouble and or just unacknowledged shadow material as well impulses and desires that have gone under the radar and still drive them despite their moral air and that actually generates some sympathy within me you know when I think of myself when I'm feeling hurt when I'm feeling victimized that's when I sort of lash out and that's when you'll see the not so high Ross and so that does generate sympathy with me and it sort of helps me overcome my trauma a little bit. I also think that in the spiritual world, we're very kind of, what's the word here? <laughs> we let, we're we sort of in love with ourselves a little bit. You know, we, we think, oh, I'm doing this meditation, I'm reading these books, I'm, I'm growing, I'm advancing as a person. And you get sort of this free reign to think of yourself as someone better almost in a moral sense and there's no impunity you know there's no there's no 
uh, there's often no brakes on that. It's kind of like you can think yourself to be as good as you want to, and that's better because the the better you think about yourself, the more spiritual you are, or vice versa. The more spiritual you are, the better you feel about yourself. And really, well, I won't go into the issues with that, but basically we're given free license to think that we're better. And I'm not saying that we don't acknowledge our greatness. We don't acknowledge the good parts of ourself, but we often just take ourselves too seriously, especially when we start leading people in their own spiritual life. What's the solution to this then? If you, you know, to stop yourself becoming that person, <laughs> or if you already are that person to rein back a little bit. Well, I think to see, and I'm going to cover this point again later in the video, but it's basically to see spirituality as a skill, like another area in life, not not the number one area. And if we're good in that area, then all of a sudden we have the right to start looking down on other people. Put it this way, if you had a student, you were a maths teacher and you had a student and you were a good teacher, <laughs> You wouldn't condemn your student for not being good at maths. You wouldn't condemn a student for not being able to write code overnight. And you, what you would do is you would encourage them to practice and you'd sort of show them the way. That's what we should be doing as spiritual leaders. Uh, not using our knowledge and our years of practice as a way to just feel so superior to people and as if they're not even human, but really actually Realizing that they're, they're just, they're where we were at some point, you know, they've not done the practice, it doesn't make them any less important and that our job is to encourage them not to put them down and that putting them down is probably the opposite of what we might intend as teachers. It's also another solution to this is to get very familiar with your dark side before leading others because being in that position can just bring out your dark side. You think that your dark side because you've done a lot of meditation or whatever, isn't there. Of course it's there, you're a human being and you have all these levels within you, these levels of operation. And a lot of those are quite dark. And while we might push them under the surface, you know, we might not say we like domination. We don't, it'll be like dominating other people. We, not, we might not admit to the fact that we're all envious, but the fact is that we are. We all like to feel better than others and we all feel envious as well. And those, even those two components can have a really dark impact on other people when we're trying to lead them. Great, just to close this little dysfunction out, well, little is quite a big one. <laughs> Here is Think Before You Act from Reddit. Quote, the best spiritual teachers are humble and don't pretend to be above you, despite showing great knowledge. The worst spiritual teachers humble you to them so they don't have to fully explain their supposed knowledge. End quote. I think that's a really ex excellent way of summarizing this issue. Great, let's move on to dysfunction number two, and this is called false morality and saintliness, or false, moral false morality and false saintliness. Basically, the spiritual community has an air of morality and purity about it. And then what it does is it judges outsiders according, according to their supposed level of morality and saintliness. And I'm not saying that spiritual practice doesn't lead us to a certain kind of saintliness. Uh, that can happen, definitely. Uh, the fact is that most spiritual people are nowhere near that level. 
and they're largely faking it. They're not actually, you know, they've not had that full transformation yet. And actually they, they kind of, they use this false morality and saintliness to disguise certain things, like disguising their hatred for other people and their condemnation of other people by using it as an excuse, basically. And then, of course, their judgment just reveals their game the whole time. And another sort of related thing here is that we tend to use consciousness as a measure for everyone and everything. So it's like, the people with lower consciousness aren't, or lower consciousness aren't so good, aren't so human, aren't so moral and pure. And then people with higher consciousness are more, more moral and pure. And yeah, well, that's actually quite uh, immoral to say that, uh, <laughs> quite ironically. I actually had a girl say to me once at a retreat, it doesn't seem like you're very conscious, you know. And she said this to me because I was a little bit clumsy that day. You know, I was, I was like a little bit stuck in my head, a little bit clumsy on my feet. And she came out with this remark in a very sort of dismissive way. And yeah, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, if you're not conscious, whatever that means, uh, seems to be a hundred definitions of it, you're not included, you're, you're ostracized. And actually that, as I, again, that, that, that judgment itself isn't particularly moral or saintly or loving. The point here is that underneath this cloak of false morality and saintliness is really much a more, it's a much more prosaic reality. As I was talking about in the first dysfunction, it's shadow dodging. That's what it is. It's, it's not acknowledging those darker sides within ourselves, realizing that actually we have access, we don't have just have access to high morality and high saintliness or saintliness. We actually have access to all the human motivations, drives, needs, etc. We all have impulses and desires that are quite dark. And in pretending that we're sort of morally superior or saintly or pure, or enlightened or conscious or whatever, we're kind of make we're missing our own shadow. And even though we might have tapped into these higher levels, it doesn't mean that that stuff isn't there. And it doesn't mean that we can ostracize other people for expressing them. So yeah, basically this this is a veneer that's trying to disguise our own inner darkness. And if we if we recontact, this is a solution. If we recontact that inner darkness deliberately over time and, and reintegrate it into our personality rather than it operating in the background and like a puppet master, um yeah, we're we're in a much better position to be part of a spiritual community. And we're just going to live, live much more whole integrated lives than if we pretend that we're moral and saintly all the time. Great, let's move on to dysfunction number three. And this is called false niceness and oversensitivity. What I've noticed in my spiritual journey <laughs> is that spiritual communities are often very feminine. I'm not necessarily saying there's lots of women in them, it might even be more men or an equal amount. And I really, I'm not getting into all this proportionate stuff. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the vibe. I'm talking about the, you know, the, the feelings and the emotions that are there. 
it's often very feminine and you're taught things like you have to be nice to people, you have to hug one another, even strangers. You have to even bow to one another. You have to be kind to everyone. You're, you're not supposed to express your anger because you're not being spiritual if you express your anger. You're not supposed to assert yourself. If you assert yourself, you're impinging on another one, another one's purity and you're, you're not recognize, recognizing the God within them. And yeah, this is quite weird, really. Um, you're judged if you don't toe the line. This isn't a matter of personal choice or personality. If you're not nice to people, if you express your anger, you're, you're ostracized. And I'm not saying we get away with being dickheads to people, but we have to balance it. Are we just pretending to be nice and we having this sort of false oversensitivity to people? Because we're actually not realizing that, uh, yeah, we're denying a lot of the darker sides of human nature. And really, the, it, the thing is about this, it's sort of couched in spiritual terms. As I said, it's kind of like, if you're not, if you don't hold these standards, if you're not, yeah, if you're not communicating well with other people and things like this, and you're not showing love to other people at all times, you're somehow like spiritually inferior. I think this actually might stem from sort of this artificial Christian piety and charity that Christians often have, even if they're really not disposed in that way. They feel sort of this moral uh, obligation to, to uphold the, the, the dogma in the Bible, like love thy, love thy neighbor, and they do it through great teeth. And then they, they sort of preach in a very unchristian way uh, the need to be pious and charitable to other people. I think this has sort of inspired me to ask myself the question, like, really, what is spirituality at the end of the day? One of the things that I picked up very early on in my journey, before I've really actually had some really deeply transformative spiritual experiences, is I thought it was all about sort of community and love and togetherness like very like very hippie you know san francisco kind of vibe but really we have to look beyond this is it really just about being nice to one another is it really about just forming community or is it really actually about a real transformation and i would argue that it's the latter and of course we want our spiritual practice to inform our moral life our personal life our communication and so on but, and ultimately realize that the people that we are talking to are not separate from ourselves. But this is, this is sort of, this is very different to the sort of femininity and the hugging and the informality of the spiritual communities that I've been part of. It's sort of like a, it's very forced. It's like an, a formal informality. And if you break the rules, then you're, yeah, you're not part of the group, man. <laughs> I guess the, the, the solution to this is to for everyone to integrate the more masculine qualities like self-assertiveness and to encourage this in our, you know, in our spiritual lives and in our spiritual communities is to encourage the whole cornucopia of human capabilities and emotions and qualities to come through in a functional way. As I said, I'm not advocating dickheadery but we can't just deny self-assertiveness. It's, it's a disaster. It's a disaster 
for the community and it's a disaster for the individuals because yeah they just miss out on a huge part of their human nature great let's move on to dysfunction number four this is emotional abuse masked as trying to better others and let me start with a quote from fitbuilder5486 on reddit they said quote i've had some yoga teachers who seem to be highly respected single me out and treat me like shit and there's zero accountability to it seems like there's a lot of emotional abuse in the spiritual community masked as trying to better others end quote so yeah this is very similar to the previous ones the thing is that these people might have genuinely good intentions but again the, the respect that they get and the responsibility that they have it sort of brings out their dark side they don't know it does but it does and it brings out their sort of need to dominate and also brings out their sort of inner judge you know the that person doesn't do yoga as well as I do, therefore I'm going to put them down in front of other people, for example. What I think is happening here often is that these teachers, they grow so much, you know, a lot of these teachers are <laughs> have quite dark backgrounds and they grow a lot through their spiritual practice and they may not deal with those earlier traumas that they've had and they also just plain don't acknowledge all those war drives that still govern them in certain ways and it just comes to the surface again and yeah the bettering other people thing they might genuinely want to help other people because they know the power of their practices or the books or whatever that they promote but yeah they're not realizing that there's all this other stuff driving them I guess what the solution here is, there's a couple of them, is to, yeah, is to, to really look at all our own motivations when we're trying to help other people in a position of leadership. And I say that to myself. And it's also to put ourselves in the shoes of other people, be em empathetic and ask ourselves what they really need in that moment. And I guess if we ask ourselves, does someone really need condemnation and anger and belittlement? The answer is probably not and from that place that we can enact and we can actually give people the advice they need rather than yeah just enacting all our war drives unconsciously great dysfunction number five dated practices beliefs and morals so i'm going to talk a little bit about a spiritual community that my girlfriend and i were part of for a while so I'm not going to go into any details. I, I don't want to, I'm not going to name, name, name and shame in this video. I'm not, that's not why I'm doing it. Basically, this community didn't advocate homosexuality. And they had some sort of quasi-spiritual explanation for it. Like something along the lines of, because we have two males, for example, two male homosexuals in a sexual relationship, if that's the case, there's too much male energy and we don't have a polarity there. And so it's not spiritual, therefore we do not include it or we don't advocate it. And well, I'm not going to go into the trouble with that. There is certainly a lot of trouble with that as an explanation. But to me, it's like this, there's a couple of things here. You're using a sort of quasi-spiritual explanation 
for something that is it's a very sensitive topic and it's easy you know people often look for other explanations for their own prejudices when it comes to topics like this my point being that they might have actually been very against homosexuality just because of the basic prejudice that we have towards it but they're using it this spirituality as a as a front I guess the other dysfunction here is that they're not living in the 21st century. You know, this was in Britain, you know, I live in Britain. This was in Britain in the 21st century. I mean, um, homosexuality is a thing now. It's, it's, it's part of culture and it's, it's illegal. You know, you can get married now. The, the genie's out of the bottle. And when spiritual communities live in the past they 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 not only bring down their members by giving them quasi spiritual explanations for dated morals and uh, values they also just they just remain remain in a time trap and they find it hard to encourage new people to join hey we're this new community but we don't advocate homosexuality right that's not going to fly in the 21st century in the west certainly not in the west and yeah, it's it's like perhaps they're just putting lipstick on the pig. You know, they're the pig is that they're actually homosexual. Eh, sorry, they're against homosexuality, and the lipstick is that there's a, some sort of quasi spiritual explanation for it. There's also more things, and I, I I couldn't give a full list, but things like ritual bowing, rigid rules in the community. Um, chant like dated chanting and singing, and look if these are powerful things like rigid rules can be really important. If you go to a monastery and you 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 know you want to have a really transformative spiritual uh, experience there, you want to make the most of it, and might you might need that rigidity, but. We have to question these things. You know, the world has moved on. Uh, and even the the thing about the leader being like the, you know, the, the one who, uh, who does no wrong and who is beyond question, that's even that is dated now. And it's, yeah, the spiritual community, and I'm, I'm not talking about groups that are purely operating from like past spirituality. It's actually kind of modern, but they preserve these sort of dated things and it's kind of like we need to question why we're doing this at the end of the day and really are we adapting to the times are we are we living uh, in god's creation as it is at this time or are we staying stagnant 200 years in the past or even more and yeah i think this is really important just to incorporate the times and not reject them and also not to reject the past but have some sort of context for it and not just mindlessly use certain things because they've always been done that way. Great, finally, let's get to the final dysfunction, which is spirituality dominating to detriment of other areas in life. This is, I think this is my favorite trap because it's one that I've fallen into and I see it so often in other people and it's kind of, yeah, it saddens me, to be honest. What do I mean by this? What I'm saying is that some people emphasize spirituality or meditation, yoga, 
whatever it is, so much that it basically becomes the only thing that they're interested in in their life. And it's the only area in their life that they're interested in developing. What happens then is they become sort of very lopsided and they start exhibiting very shocking deficiencies in other areas of life that they usually wouldn't justify, they wouldn't have a justification for. But because they they identify as being spiritual, they suddenly have this cool justification for it. And yeah, I fell into this trap for a while. So <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. What does this look like? And yeah, just to get an example of it, how bad is this as well? Something like financial life. Let's have a look. A spiritual person might say something like, I hate my job. I have a rubbish financial life. I hate money. I hate capitalists. I don't like the modern financial system. But it's all okay because, and then they add some sort of quasi-spiritual explanation about the meaning of life. Or they, they say, it's okay because I'm spiritual and I'm, I've got inner peace. Right. Let's flip this around though and let's say that uh, someone who loved money said something like, I hate spirituality. What a, what a load of nonsense. There are a lot of new age hippies <laughs> living in the forest, meditating. I just want to make lots of money and have a big house and drive a nice car. What we would do as spiritual people is we'd probably condemn them, uh, someone like that that said that, and we'd be we we sort of have this really uh, strong aversion to that. You know, how could someone be so shallow and just want money and not have a spiritual life? Yet, if you look at it, we often the exact opposite is encouraged. You know, we're encouraging people to not have a strong financial life. We're encouraging people to detach from uh, worldly matters, you know, earthly desires. And it's it's just downright, downright hypocritical. And we can see this through this example, you know, spiritual people happily identify with spirituality and reject other areas and use spirituality as some sort of justification for it. The other problem with this is that money, we need money. I'm not saying we need to be earning millions, but even if you, you even if you you don't value that, you need money to live and like it or not, you you need money to get by. And if you don't take charge if you don't take charge of your finances, someone else will have to, even if it's the government and your fellow taxpayers. Another one, interpersonal skills. So I've, I've often found in spiritual leaders often that they've just got a really terrible lack of social skills and they just can't communicate. They have very little empathy. They just can't communicate with other people. And I know, and I know it's just like they're, they seem very a-human, you know, and they lose that ability just to connect in a very basic way with other people. And yeah, again, I think this is just a matter of focus um, and focusing too much on spirituality and forgetting that we need to interact with other people. We, need, we're, we live in a society, we live with other human beings. And it's of, this is, again, this is often justified by sort of quasi-spiritual explanations like uh, other people are just an illusion, you know, they're all me and we're all God and it's all 
nothingness and or something like that some sort of weird <laughs> spiritual explanation to justify a lack of interpersonal skills and often this just leads to them treating you with lack of respect which is kind of what I was talking about earlier health and morals is another area so health might be you know uh, I don't care I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a great meditator I don't need to look after my health Life's an illusion anyway, isn't it? Morals, again, uh, the world's an illusion. Uh, it's all, um, yeah, it's all activity in the mind of God and we're all one and so, eh, does it really matter about morals? Right. The I guess the problem here with all this lack of integration is that one, it's just plain unnecessary. Two, you would never get away with it in any other context, you know, who else gets away with uh, having a poor financial life? Okay, there are definitely a lot of people like that. But we would look at ourselves and think, what are you doing? Get your shit together. Don't, you know, what are you doing? Putting spiritual explanations on it. And yeah, that's what we do. And we often, the other sad part is that we actually just suffer. You know, we create unnecessarily un unnecessary suffering for ourselves. And actually, those areas in which we are deficient end up attracting our attention anyway because we can't ignore our financial life. Um, and we're going to end up causing other people to suffer as well. And we're going to distort the idea of what spirituality is. And spirituality, the solution here is that spirituality is not the only area of life. It's just one. It may be a very important one, but it's just one. And to really, to be integrated human beings, we need to work on all of them. Or really, we need, I'm not saying we can work on absolutely all areas of life. We have to work on the ones that we are denying, we've had issues in and we're suffering in and it's causing us to be dysfunctional. My other solution would be for, just for practitioners, is just to run away from masters and gurus like this. Often they're quite poisonous because they'll get you to do things that are not good for you. It doesn't matter about their spiritual insight or not. If you want to have some sort of model for a human being, this is not the kind of model that you want. And yet, the final solution is just to never use spirituality as a way to avoid the petty human problems that we all have to deal with, that the average person spends their life dealing with, yet if we've done some meditation or yoga or whatever, we identify as spiritual we think we somehow have a free ticket to ignore them. That's just not a good, not a good plan. <laughs> so what is the takeaway from this entire video? It's just a look beyond the shiny facade that spiritual communities and spiritual people often present to you. And you'll find that what's underneath that is something that's quite unsavory and something that the they don't really want to show you and they, they're they probably unaware of themselves. And it's also to realise that spirituality can lead to outstanding growth. Um, and yeah, I think in modern day we need, we need good spirituality, we need integrated spirituality, we need whole spirit, spirituality that is couched in the modern world and modern knowledge. And most people just have no spiritual life, sad to say. 
spirituality can be transformative and spirituality spiritual communities can be transformative but if you're not aware of these issues you can be left a little bit traumatized um like myself and like the other people i've spoken to so if you'd like to keep this discussion going please share a little anecdote of your own in the comments section i'd really be interested to hear what you say and just to just to see what the other dysfunctions are and if we can shine light on more of these issues. Make sure to subscribe to find more videos like this, more tools for self-transformation. Come over to the website for courses, ebooks, and a ton of articles, including a Learn to Meditate series where I show you how to meditate. And yeah, take care and see you soon.